you get my brother and sister Warbington are, are preaching. Uh, oh my, yeah, preaching a revival this morning in Redfield, Arkansas. So we're praying for them, and um, I'm just so glad for the power of God and the goodness of God and the strength of the Lord. Amen. The strength of the Lord. And uh, I believe God is going to do wonderful things in this day and in this time and in this church. I, I, I absolutely am convinced of it. I know it to be, I know it to be so. And um, uh, I feel it in my spirit and, and know that, that God has some incredible things that he's going to do. I, I'm going to read, I spoke this past Wednesday on how to thrive in a storm, but I want to speak to you this morning from Jonah, the first chapter, verses 4 through 5. I want to thank all of you for uh, your attendance, your participation, your willingness. Uh, there's so much in the house of God to do. We have so much uh, that we're trying to do here. Uh, the pew covers, uh, the pew cushions, rather, will be here this next week, I'm told. We're excited about that, and um, now you'll actually like coming to church. Yeah. You know what? We could do it if it was just on hardwood, couldn't we? We'd find a way. Jonah 1, 4 through 5. But the Lord, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If, it, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. Now I want us to read um, this together and I want you to highlight in your mind um, the question, not just the question the shipmaster posed to Jonah, but also the imperative that he gave him. This is an uh, idol worshiper. These are people who believe in many gods because they called on their own gods. And I want you to pay particular attention I'm going to say the question that the shipmaster asked Jonah, and all of us are going to read the imperative, which means the command he gave to Jonah. Now, keep, in, keep this in mind. Jonah's a prophet. Jonah's a man of God. And the heathen are giving him a command, a spiritual command. And I would say that if you want to liken this to our current situation in the world, the world is giving us a command. The spirit world. So I'm going to read the question, and then we're going to read that command that the shipmaster gave to Jonah. The question is, 
What meanest thou, O sleeper? Now let's read the command. Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now if you've got a Bible, I want you to read this with me. So the... What meanest thou, O sleeper? This is the question he asked Jonah. What meanest thou, O sleeper? What is the answer? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. Now I want you to turn to somebody, and, and we're going to do this again, and I'm going to ask the question, and I want you to say the command to somebody else. Face them if you can. If you're afraid they'll spit in your face or you'll spit in theirs, then hold your head down. Okay, here's the question. Oh, this is the question. What meanest thou? No, no, no. I'm going to say the question and you're going to give the command. Good, you're an eager bunch. This question, I want you to think of this. This question is being posed to the church in 2022. What meanest thou, O sleeper? Now let's read the command. Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now every one of us would say, O brother Tackett, if only the world were saying that. In the spirit world, they are saying it and they're crying it out. The imperative that God is giving us this morning is simply this. Arise, O sleeper. The world is begging us. The raging of the sea is calling us. The wickedness and the darkness of the world is calling us. And it is saying three words. Arise, O sleeper. They are begging. If it be that God would have mercy on us, will you please awaken? Somebody who will pray. Somebody who will intercede for me. Somebody who will love me. Somebody who will pray a blessing on me, a miracle on me. Arise, oh sleeper. Let's give the Lord thanks right now for his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm not going to project this morning. I have s several words to say that I'm going to try to say in a quick amount of time, but I'm going to ask you to stay with me. Every age has endured the effects of spiritual darkness. Every age has endured the effects of spiritual darkness and subsequently spiritual lethargy 
lethargy, a falling asleep, if you will, a lethargy. The clarion call to arise and to awake from the spiritual sleep continues to resound through the ages of time and particularly in this century. It is a call that is going out in the spirit world. And if you will pray, you will hear and you will recognize the cries and the screams of spirits saying, please awaken and please invoke the presence of your God on me. Make no mistake, the time of this age is short. And the rage, and underline that, the rage of the darkness of this world is challenging the faith, the faith even of the faithful. The rage of the darkness of this world is challenging your faith. The rage of the wickedness of this age is challenging your walk with God. The time is short. It's easier to fall asleep and ignore that rage than it is to get up and face it. But there is a clarion call going out right now saying, Arise, O thou that sleepest, if God would have mercy on me. In their day, the ancients proclaimed, Arise, shine, thy light has come, Isaiah. Arise and go, for this is no place to rest because of uncleanness that destroys with a grievous destruction. Micah 2.10 For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 5.14 The raging of the wickedness and the sin in this world has a twofold effect. Number one, darkness. The second one is lethargy. I, as it were, fall asleep and become desensitized to the wickedness and the darkness and the rage that is around me. It is easier for me to say a little prayer, but not to carry the burden of those spirits and souls that are crying out for help from some higher power that they don't even know exists. I know you may say in your heart, Oh, Brother John, everybody's heard the word. Everybody knows about the love of God. Everybody knows there's hope. I would challenge your thinking and tell you, you are wrong. There are spirits and souls crying out for some shred of hope and praying to God that there's somebody who knows Him that will awaken out of their sleep, check themselves uh, somehow, get up, let the light shine, uh, and allow the presence of God to be a conduit through them. The darkness and the lethargy is here. Charles Spurgeon, a a preacher of preachers said in the 19th century, there is a miserable tendency in men to cling to things that are seen. Though that which we behold is only temporal and shadowy, lacking any true substance or permanence, though the things round about us can only endure for a little while and then vanish away, yet we give our hearts to them and are ensnared by their false glitter and glamour. 
And so living in a world of materialism, I'm a Pentecostal, but you're still captivated by the darkness and the wickedness that has enslaved the souls in this world to be servants of material things. Servants of systems and organizations. Servants of circumstances. Servants of the chains and the bondage that the devil has put upon their minds and their spirits. Yet still their soul reaches out asking God to awaken somebody to pray and break the darkness and shed some light on their miserable lives. Who can stop the rage? Who can stop the darkness? Who can stop the advance of wickedness on righteousness? Who is able somehow to break through on behalf of the souls that are screaming out for help? I gave a quote this past week and I'm going to give it again. There is the danger in transforming mundane political debates into metaphysical questions. I want to tell you how hungry this world is. They are looking for something supernatural and spiritual. But they are looking to systems to find it. That's not because they're opting for that. that. That's because they don't know any better. And their souls are in turmoil. And so they look to politics as their religion, as their God. Political questions are not metaphysical, so says this writer. They are of this world and this world alone. The writer goes on to say, even in a secularist point of view, some days are for dealing with your insurance documents or fighting in the mud with your political opponents. But there are also days for solemnity or fasting or worship or feasting. Things that remind us that the world is bigger than itself. If the secular world themselves understand the value of worship, of stepping outside of political systems, of finding a spiritual sense of hope, how much more should you, who have knowledge of God, who have experience with God, who come into the house of God day after day, week after week, or month after month, year after year, how much more should we awaken out of our comfort zone and cry out to God for an outpouring and demonstration of His Spirit? If I cannot model the infusion and power of Almighty God, this world has been overtaken by the power of human strength and has no idea about the invisible power of the Alpha and the Omega. This world has set themselves up as sole benefactors of their own work. They've set themselves up as Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon did. Look what I have made. And yet every day they wake up, they're sorely disappointed at the fruits of their labor because they've not yet tasted of the power of a world to come. And their souls are crying out, show me, tell me, let me know if there is a God upon whom I can call. 
even though they will tell you and they seem to profess to you that they know they understand and by their humanist thought can figure out and can negate or affirm whatever they want to. Their soul is screaming out for a living God that can give them light in the raging dark world that they live in. I'm telling you that now more than ever before is the time for us to allow the power of God to flow through us. The world is waiting on us. If I can't feel God, I need to stay at the altar until I get an, an overwhelming infusion of the power of the Almighty God. It is not sufficient. The world does not want what it already has. They want to see the power of God. They want to feel the supernatural. They want to know there's hope beyond their problem today. You have the answer. You have have access to the throne room of the supernatural power of God. You may say, well, uh, Brother Tackett, I struggle. I struggle. Then struggle on somehow get in the presence of God. My God, if there's a time where we should demonstrate the power of God, let the power of God move over your body, your mind, your spirit. Worship, praise, get crazy before the presence of God. The world is crying out, Arise, O sleeper! My God, if I was in the darkness that this world was in, I'd hope and pray to God somebody was sleeping. Why? Because if this is it, I'd hope and pray there are sleeping giants out there that are just getting ready to shake some, some of this darkness off and shake off the problems and shake off the worries and say, now I'm getting ready to do battle on my knees. Now I'm getting ready to profess the almighty power of God. Now I'm getting ready to do battle for the almighty. I'm ready to... Brother, God's going to give you a miracle. Sister, God's going to raise you up. Brother, God's going to deliver you from your addiction. Sister, God's going to touch you right now where you are. Well, I'll leave that for the missionaries. Arise, O sleeper. Arise, O sleeper. The world already has what you have. That is sit and get and go away with nothing. They already have that. They want to see a demonstration of the power of Almighty God. Show me the supernatural and I'll believe it. Show me something I don't have and I'll believe it. Well, that's, that's somebody else's problem. Is the Holy Ghost real now? You think someone sitting in darkness wants to have a counseling session? They need to be filled with the power of the Almighty God. They need the Holy Ghost. They need, they need an infusion of the power of God. The only thing that will give people in darkness hope is a little bit of light. And you can't get in the presence of God without having a visible representation of the brilliant light that shines from Him. You can't get in the presence of God without being inundated with light. Come on, Saul of Tarsus. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus.
I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. I want to show you something. I want to show you something here. Look at this. Jonah, we started with Jonah. I'll show you this little slide right here. Jonah was told by God, I need you to demonstrate something. There's a whole nation of people who are deep in sin. And Jonah said, not me. I won't do it. Now you can say, oh, Brother John, but he had such a bad attitude, God can't use him. Oh, God can turn him around. Nineveh was crying out for someone to arise from their sleep. Nineveh needed someone who had a word from God to free them from their bondage. And their souls were crying out in the spirit world and God heard it. I said their souls were crying out and God heard their cry. This map shows you that Jonah was there at Joppa. Nineveh was 550 miles away. You know where Jonah set out to? The opposite direction, 2,500 miles. Tarsus was 2,500 miles from Joppa. Uh, you talking about getting as far as you can away from the presence of God? I did too. I told the class this morning. I remember the, the night I got the Holy Ghost. My sister walked in the, in the restroom. We were getting ready for church. And she said, you're going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And I said, you know, we right, get out of here. You can run, but you cannot hide. There is nobody outside the all-seeing eye of God Almighty. No one is big enough. No one is smart enough. No one has enough intellect. And you don't have a fast enough speed to outrun God. So I really don't care. And I, I'll say this for any under the sound of my voice. You may be running from God in your own way. God's already caught up with you and is waiting for you. He's looking at you while you're running away. You thought you were running away to Him. You're running at Him. Oh, I'm getting away from this spirit. You're running closer to it. You can't run from God. And I know you're going to say, yeah, but pastor, I know people right now and they're wayward. They're not with God. Listen, just give God a try. Their soul, whether they know it or not, is screaming out for light. We are made in the image of God. We are made to worship God. We are designed to serve and worship our Creator. You can run, but you can't run fast enough. You don't need to worry about whether God is going to save this one or that one or deliver this one or that one. Honey, He's already outrun them and He's looking at them square in the face. Arise, O sleeper. Now, you can't outrun God. And God's calling on us in this hour to start demonstrating the power of God. Now, you can say, well, I don't want to get too involved. Or, I don't want to worship too demonstratively. Or, I don't, when the Holy gets all, I go. Lord, I can't even say it. You may be, end up one of the ones rolling on the floor. Deny the presence of God to yourself and watch what he does to your physical body. can't help myself I got something all over me and I can't I can't get rid of it do I have a sickness or a disability you got the power of God I just I just am shaking I, I don't know what's wrong with me have I got a sickness no you got a healing 
You can run as fast as you can away from the power of God. God is calling to this generation of believers to get up and wake up. You can't sit back anymore. I want to tell you something. The longer you sit back, the more demonstrative God is going to make an example out of you. So if you want to retain some of your sound mindness, you better start worshiping God like you know how to. Let me tell you, I know this to be true because the people who are suffering get God's attention. The people, I said, listen to me, people who sit in gross darkness already have God's attention. I know this for a fact because I've been in gross darkness. People are in gross darkness, their souls are crying for help. God is going to look at you, Jonah, and say, if you don't start going the other way, I'm going to make it real miserable for you. So if you don't start demonstrating something right now, I'm getting ready to get all over you, and you're going to wish that you would have done what you could have done on your own. Belly of the whale. Three days in hell. Until you finally say, Oh God, how wonderful you are. If you won't demonstrate the power of God when things are going good, he'll put you in the belly of a whale for three days in hell, and you'll learn to give God thanks while the flames are flicking and licking all around you. Thank you, God, for your power. I feel like one of the three Hebrew children. I'm in the fire, but oh God, I don't feel any of the heat. I just feel the presence of Almighty God. Look at there. There's one like the Son of Man. I feel the presence of God all over me. I'm going to demonstrate it. I can walk in the fire. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You better allow the power of God to move through you in worship, in praise, in prayer. If you don't... Arise, O sleeper. You think you're just going to sit there and enjoy the ride, and there's a soul in darkness screaming out for God to please send someone to bear light of the truth. Please send someone to bear witness of your power. Please. God knows how to light a fire under every one of us. And here Jonah has the heathen saying, Would you please get up? If it be that God would have mercy on us, would you please wake up? I need, we need to be saved. We need a miracle. We need help. Please get up. Please get up. Please get up. Please get up. Please pray. Please believe God for me. I don't even know what it means to believe God. I don't even know God. But could you please, could you please believe God for me? So they took up Jonah. Jonah 1.15. And they cast him forth into the sea. And guess what happened? They put him right in the middle of all that. And guess what? The raging stopped. You know how to bring calm to the world? Let the power of God move on you. And through you. Stop trying to be like them and be like him. Stop trying to emulate them and start letting the power of God talk to you and move through you and you respond to what you feel and not hold it back. The world is screaming for a demonstration of the supernatural, a reflection of the power of God, a word from the word of God. Somebody lost faith to believe it in the impossible. Somebody arise, oh sleeper.
word, Jonah should have jumped overboard himself. He should have said, I'm getting ready to demonstrate the power of God and I'm going to walk on water sinking it. But it took the heathen to pick him up and throw him out there in it. The world had to motivate him. This is what I'm saying. The world had to motivate a prophet of God to get up out of his sleep. And we're there right now. And if you can't hear their cries, then start listening to them instead of you. Him instead of me. Start praying with a little more fervency and urgency. Start coming into service saying, God, speak to me this morning. Speak to me, oh God, tonight in Bible study. God, I'm asking you to move through me and give me a fervency in worship I've never had. Let the joy of the Lord, with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. God, I want to taste that water so bad. I want to taste it so bad. Lord, let the joy of the Lord overwhelm me. God, give me a worship and a praise I've never had before. God, I want to counteract the darkness that's here. And you have called me, and I'm going to wake up out of my sleep. God, I'm not going to slumber anymore in this spiritual lethargy. I'm going to get up and get out and demonstrate the power of God. Talk in tongues. Dance a little bit. Run a little bit before God. Do a little David, King David, before the presence of God and dance before the Ark of the Covenant. Show a little bit of passion. Show a little bit of energy for the power of God. The world's doing all kinds of dancing. You know what? I can do that too. But I prefer to do it for Jesus. I know that seems strange to you. It may seem strange to you, but not one person in who likes football would hesitate. Woo! High five! Woo! Woo! Laughing. I'm laughing in the spirit. They'll find any way to laugh. Anything to get joy. But when you come to church. I hope they deliver something good this morning. Because I'm famished in the spirit. Yeah, you gave it all in the football game. On the Olympics. Woo! Look at them slide. People get all excited about some of that stuff. I'm not saying it's bad, but what is curling? John, I don't believe in dancing for the world. You don't believe in dancing for God, neither. But, but many of you have moves in the world. Some of y'all do that country stuff. Woo! Boom. Boom. I know some of y'all do that line dancing right now. 
When's the last time we line dance for Jesus Christ? The world knows how to line dance. They want to see a supernatural line dance for Jesus. That's not motivated by carnality, but that's motivated in a pure heart and a love for God. We cannot compete with this world when it comes to entertainment or sports, but God's got him beat in the spirit. from life's sickness and darkness. God hallelujah hallelujah when the water became calm a calm went over that raging sea they threw Jonah in and Jonah went to see Jesus that day He went to see the Lord. Yes, he did. He got a message himself from God. You're needed so badly, son. You're running the wrong way. I gave you something that darkness is screaming for, and you're running. You don't want to be part of it. The sea became calm. Jonah 1.16 Then the men, idolatry worshipers, God, they're all going to hell. 
Then the men on the ship feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. They didn't even know God. But because he made the darkness around them light, they said, now I know there's hope. Arise, O sleeper. Arise from doubt and fear. Arise from despair and heartlessness. Arise from the cares of life. Arise from your lack of faith. Arise and let the presence of God demonstrate itself through you. If you get a taste of the light, you'll walk in the light. The world will see the light. They'll see the power. They're longing to see the supernatural. They've tried on the world. I mean, hey, I've done the James Brown dance. You know why people moonwalk and do that? Because they've never felt the supernatural power of God that can give them a dance that is out of this world. People are longing so much. Souls are screaming so much. Give me something, please. We think because our lives go on and we go home from church and we eat a meal and everything's fine. But there are souls screaming in the spirit world. God, please get someone to wake up. I want to see so badly a supernatural manifestation. Otherwise, you know what the world's going to do? What do they do? They look to the world. But guess what? The world can't sustain the thrill they give you. It's only seasonal. It's only seasonal. It can't be sustained. So now God has given all of us the knowledge of what to do. The question is, what do we do now that the world has given us a command and a plea for help? What are you going to do? I believe this with all my heart. Either we will respond to the power of God. Or God will put us in a place to where it will become more natural. And if you haven't hit that place yet, it's coming. And I'll tell you why. Because there's not enough time left for God to give all of the word and all of the blessings and build all of the faith that he has spent years doing with each one of us. There's not enough time because there are too many souls in peril. And I know we've always thought, well, if God doesn't use me, he'll use somebody else. Honey, I think God's got his finger and his eye on some of us in here, if not all of us. The world is saying, please get up. And if you say, well, what do you mean, Brother John? Get up in your praise. Get up in your worship. Get up in your urgency. Get up in your 
energy. Get up in your enthusiasm. Get up in your faith. Get up in your belief. When we have prayer service, come down and lay your hands on a brother, brother. Go lay your hands on a sister, sister. If you have knowledge of healing, then you should be participating in the miracle. If you have knowledge, if you have knowledge that the prayer of faith shall save the sick, if you have knowledge, then you should be right in the middle of it, participating in it. If you have knowledge of the scripture, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you have knowledge, if you have knowledge and experience, you should be doing it naturally. All of us should, every one of us. Oh, I'm just satisfied where I am. Let's stand. I don't think any of us are. By the way, I don't think we're satisfied, but I will tell you this. There is a tendency, there is a tendency where we are right now to be lulled asleep. And I have had, heard more preachers preach this in the last two to three years about this pandemic lulling the church to sleep. If I have ever heard it, I have heard it. It's almost, I told you a clarion call. That's like a resounding message boom 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 it keeps hitting it's it's clear okay if i've heard it once i've heard it i don't know how many times this pandemic has put people to sleep spiritually and the world is saying please and there's not one of us in here that if anyone in here went to that person and said would you please pray for me there's not one person here that wouldn't turn and say i absolutely will where we have problem seeing are the unseen. The souls in the darkness, those are spiritually discerned. Those aren't naturally seen by the eyes. So what we have to work at is to understand when you come in here and worship, you're setting loose the supernatural power of God that can break the chains outside of this church. We worship in here not just for us, well, I just want to have a great service. Honey, when you're worshiping in here, you're breaking chains for people out there because you're allowing the power of God to move through you. It's not just about us in this church. There are people. Come on, Cornelius. Come on. How many know Cornelius? You know about him. What would have happened? What would have happened if nobody would have come to his house? He was a good guy. He was. The Bible said he was. What would have happened if no one would have showed up that day? I don't know. God had to do something that was vile to Peter to get him to get up. He was sleeping. I believe that God has chosen every one of us to allow his presence to be demonstrated through us. God's chosen you to allow the Holy Ghost to move through you so the world can see that there is hope. They don't need another they don't need another philosoph, they don't need another intellectual, they don't need another counselor. What they need is the supernatural power of God. They need help. Who's going to stand up and say God move through me? I think we all are. Let's raise our hands right now and do that. Why don't you say God move through me right now?
Praise God. God, demonstrate the power of the supernatural through me. God, I've been blessed to be in this place and to understand and have some knowledge of you. God, I don't want to, to stay where I am. God, wake me up spiritually and let me, God, demonstrate the full power of the Almighty God that any human can stand. Sister Melba Treadway has asked for prayer this morning. A lady by the name of Tanya Anderson needs prayer. Louis Lee's sister-in-law needs prayer. Broke her arm. Sister Marilyn's brother's wife, her sister-in-law, needs prayer. Wait, anybody else who, who has, you, get, you got prayer, you got family members, you got something. Okay, let me tell you something. God's going to perform a miracle for you today. What's that? Work? Yeah, okay. Brother Jesse has a request here. Now, let me tell you something. God wants us to demonstrate that we can stand in and not just believe Him for a miracle, but speak a miracle. There are people in here who need a miracle. They don't need people to, to humor them with a prayer. They need a miracle. So I want you to speak miracles right now in your prayer to, to the Lord right now. I want you to speak it. Whatever you've seen hands go up, you've heard needs. I want you to speak a miracle right now in Jesus' name. If He's God to you, then you have power to speak to things that are not as though they were. Speak to things that are not as though they actually are happening right now. Thank you, Jesus, for performing miracles this morning. Today, today is the day of salvation and miracles. Anybody in this house, I know we prayed for people individually, but perhaps there is one person or two people... If you want to stand before God in this assembly saying, I need a miracle today, then we are going to believe God for it today. I want you to raise your hand right now if you need a miracle today. Today. Keep your hands up and I want everybody to turn around and look in this congregation. I want you to turn around and look. I want you to look how many people need miracles in here. We didn't come to be humored and told that God loves us just that He loves us and things will get better after a while. We need miracles. This sister right now needs a miracle from God. If you want to come up here and you need a miracle, we'll pray for you right now.